In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, hello, welcome once again to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, 8 to 10 on Wednesdays, and I'm joined, of course, by... Yo, what's up, holla at your boy, this is Len, aka the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And tonight, we, we are stepping back into the 70s once more. Yeah. With Will Starts. Cleopatra Jones. Will Starth or Jack Start? Jack Start. I'm sorry. Jack, Jack Start. Starth. Jack Start's Cleopatra Jones. I bet he, he wishes his name was Will. That, that, that is a flyer name. <laughs> like Will Star. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know Sounds mean? like a party promoter from the 90s. It sure does. But before we get into that, we, we have some business to uh, talk about. Uh, we, we got some comments and, and mail and yes. this and that. Yes, yes, yes. We do have some comments. Thanks to each and every one of you. Who follows us um, on Facebook as well as on Twitter? Um, we appreciate it uh, a, a great deal. And then give us a little bit of feedback about things that um, shows that you shows that you like. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a conversation. It is. We're having a conversation. Most certainly, and we appreciate you being part of that conversation and joining us along on this mission. Um, people just like Kevin Gee, who actually hit us up wanting to know if we would um what, 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 he wanted to, he wanted us to actually add a film to our um reviewing cycle okay ask us if we would review the taking of Pelham 123 starring Denzel Washington and John Travolta okay okay, okay. now now that that Kevin you 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 You've wandered into an, an ongoing debate yes, you between have. Lynn and myself, and, and this sounds like like this would be a ground zero we type film to discuss it because I, I believe this might be a film that, not to speak for you, Lynn, would fall under a film you would not consider a black film. No, I would not consider The Taking of Pelham 123 um, starring Denzel Washington as a black film. How about you? Chris? You know, I would... Just because it has Denzel Washington in it, although I have to say that that from our conversations, I've been honing mm-hmm. my definition of what is and is not a black film. And although I have not seen this, because this is a remake, yes, and I I've, I saw the original, a and great I, film. and I don't know how much race would inform this film. But again, I haven't seen the remake. But but you know, obviously, Kevin, since you requested it, it goes in the queue. 
It'll go in the queue. And, we will, we and will. that will be part of the conversation. Like, like you know, if it was not a request, when would this have come up? Or, or do we consider that a black film? So, Well, I actually, in response to him, said that, uh, you know, asked the question whether or not this will be a, a black film. And Kevin, who you can find on Twitter at Presidium EPS, said that, well, I'll find a black film because I enjoy you guys. Um, I enjoy your critique. Oh, okay. So he doesn't want us to do. Well, I I think he he backed off of that and okay. he offered up a a a black film, a black film that I actually was looking forward to reviewing within the next few months. He requested House Party. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Kevin yeah. uh, at Presidium EPS, I'll tell you what. Since I did in, want to review House Party in the upcoming months, and you have requested that we review the taking of Pelham One, Two, Three, you can look forward to probably the way the schedule is aligning sometime around August for there to be a a twofer. It'll be a two two weeks of Kevin Gee films. As okay. we do the taking of Pelham one two three followed and, and by house, by house party. party okay very right. nice very nice thank so, you Kevin so you will get your wish Kev yeah, thank you all right and and thanks for following us and absolutely. thanks for the feedback absolutely we received an email so Joseph Lechuga who hit us up on through uh, Mission dot com uh, says in the subject I should trust Vince more or Tyler Perry's temptation mm. is bitch ass crazy. Mm. <laughs> hey, you men of the mission. I have never before seen a Tyler Perry movie. Oh, and he started at the, in the deep end. He went to the deep end of the pool. <laughs> yeah. You got to ease it to temptation. Yeah, you got to slow down. Slow, <laughs> slow walk that boy. You know. I did not watch Why Did I Get Married, married in Solidarity with the Mission. The episode did not make me inclined to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's our mission. Uh, However, there was a mention of how batshit crazy Tyler Perry's temptation confessions of a marriage counselor was. Yes. I should have listened to that warning. I picked up a copy from the library. (laughs) I put it in the DVD, DVD player. There went 111 minutes of my life. Sure. I can say that I watched a morality play based around the concept of be a good Christian woman who takes care of her man and you'll be fine. However, it is so crazy. (laughs) It is so crazy. It has Kim Kardashian attempting to act. It is so crazy. Yeah, this is some crazy stuff. I'll heed the warnings next time, Joseph. All all right. For, For the record, that was not a warning. It was not <laughs> like what I tell everyone is, you know, take your beverage of choice if mm-hmm. you drink alcohol and and spend 111 minutes in the in the madness. <laughs> in, in the madness. I just watched part of it the other night. But, but you watched you, it, you watched part of it the other. Oh, no, you said it was on. Yeah, the other yeah, night. it was on the other night, and, and because uh, everybody knows near and far that I'm, you know, a follower of Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry. People let me know. Right, Vince is on, and I turned to it and watched like a half hour. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. But thank you, Joseph. Thank and, you, Joseph, very much for the email, and and everyone, we invite you to go to 
MichelleMission.com where you can find all of our shows, including our episode number zero, which was definition of a black film, which mm-hmm. is where me and Vince kind of lay out our ideas of what we consider a black film and not a black film. Um, it's it, As you heard from the beginning of the show, it's a fluid conversation. It's a fluid conversation. It's ongoing. We also, on our last episode, which was episode um, where we reviewed Brown Sugar, with uh, the lovely Charmel Scipio of Reluctantly Adult yes, Podcast. Yes, yes, Which you can listen to at ireluctantlyadult.com. We had got responses uh, from uh, comments. Uh, we re- really appreciate everybody dropping in comments on the, uh, at the listen to the show. Um, from Brothers Comics said, I saw this movies in theaters. The theater had credit card error and charged me $1,800 for the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. That's terrible. That's that's a heartache, bro. <laughs> that's, that's that that's that real struggle, dog. That, that is that real struggle. I'm sorry. Oh, um, and then we also got a ton of comments from Arson, the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AKA the super triple of black triple. That's hey. Do, do y'all use his government? I don't want to use his government like if y'all, because I was about to call out his government. I don't know how y'all. Randy. Yeah, that's right. It's Randy. Randy. What's up, Randy? Uh, Randy, in listening to the show, one that seemed to be very smitten with the uh, charms of Charmel. Okay. All right. Said, um, am I allowed to be in love already? A, A lovely young lady, a very intelligent, you know. Uh, and then he then he proceeded, obviously, as he was listening, to just scream out at the show <laughs> via via typing. So his comments are, you could tell, completely in the moment. Because there's one that says, of course you knew. It's a romantic comedy. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey. Thank you. Although, <laughs> belly... <laughs> I was thinking that <laughs> you know how it is. You have people at your house. You have to be a considerate guest. Right. But I did it. Wow. Belly is going. Well, all right. Yeah. All right. Um, he, he says. Wake Bay. What? Most and Talib came up together. That's very true. Yes. I think that I think that was an era of Charmel. That yeah. She, yeah, she yeah. Pointed out. Well, you know, it's a real Tom thing. So you say things and you don't. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, 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 so spur in a moment and then he says be kind rewind i don't know what that's referring to but those were his comments i guess like the v remember that it would be at the video store oh there you go Mm -hmm. there you go um but i do know that he um greatly enjoyed brown sugar and all of the hip-hop references that are in it and you know so it's a a movie that's near and dear to his heart all right uh randy being a hip-hop head yes he is Yeah. yeah so uh so thank you. Thank yes. you, each and every one of you, for all of your comments. We really appreciate it. You can leave the Absolutely. comments on the show, um, either via SoundCloud or on iTunes or however you are listening to the show. You can leave us uh, notes via Twitter at Mission Michelle or on Facebook at Michelle Mission, where we invite you to like us as well. Please or, like us. Or you can Facebook. send us an email at MichelleMission at gmail.com. All right. All right. It is time for us now to go back back in time to that magical year of 1973 and visit Bernie Casey 
Antonio Vargas, Shelly Winters, and Tamara Dobson, six foot two of dynamite, called Cleopatra Jones. selling so much as a cough drop I'm coming down on you so hard Tamara Duff's The Soul Sisters answer to James Bond and the most exciting new star in years six feet two of dynamite and it's all stacked I told you where and I told you when and I told you how to get that Cleopatra Jones she is sticking her nose in my business, sir. And up against her is the arch enemy, the female successor to Goldfinger, two-time Academy Award winner Shelley Winters as Mommy. <laughs> better put that down before I make you eat it. Well, I don't want this town to blow up. <laughs> Big deal. Just hang it right there. Right on, sweet sister. Man, that road is ten miles of bad road. Black lady. I'll take care of Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra Jones, starring Tamara Dobson. Co-starring Bernie Casey, Brenda Sykes, Esther Rowe, and Shelley Winters as Mommy. All right, so 73 is Cleopatra Jones. We are smack dab in the middle of uh, what we came to call the black exploitation period. I was yes, like, you, you know, this is our second film that we've talked about from this period, and and you know, as as we did when we talked, well, well our third film actually. If we, I I had forgotten about Claudine. Oh yeah, that's right. And and you know, I always like to put this within its context and talk about its framework. You, you know, again, uh, Cleopatra Jones, nineteen seventy three, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, nineteen seventy one, Shaft is nineteen seventy one, Superfly is nineteen seventy two. Right. So at this point, things are rolling. Yep. 
And here we have Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra Jones, um, as as Lynn mentioned, played by Tamara Dobson, is a special agent uh, for the president. For the president. And when the film opens, it opens in Turkey as she is overseeing the destruction of some poppy fields. Mm -hmm. And what this destruction does, it has a direct link to the heroine kingpin or queenpin, if you will, of the of of the community that that Cleopatra Jones is from. Mommy played by Shelley Winters and Shelley Winters goes and 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 basically through the use of the corrupt police she takes out a halfway house run by cleopatra jones's boyfriend played by bernie casey rubin and they they turn over the house and there's some arrests and some drugs are planted and of course cleopatra jones comes back into town to investigate and the story goes from there uh, from there, we meet a cast of characters, including the Johnson brothers, oh, who yeah. are Matt and Melvin, who are, you know, kung fu aficionados. They are the son of the local uh, uh, the, the local community mother who runs a gambling joint played by Esther Roll. Mm-hmm. You, you have uh, the, the drug dealer, Doodlebug, who is working for Mama. But is it wants to strike on, on out on his own, played by the you know Antonio Vargas, one of the real faces of this period. Amen. And the film goes from there, and that's the plot. And and you know, I think even from the the loose synopsis I've given, given it is a it's a light plot. Like it really does. It, it's a very linear plot. Even again from the from. <laughs> From the uh, connection I just made that Tamara Dobson jumps on a plane from Turkey and comes to I think it's in L.A. Yes, it comes to L.A. or even the fact that these particular poppies in this particular poppy field directly affect the local drug dealer in the community that Tamara Dobson comes from. So that's the plot. A couple of things I would say just sort of get us wrong that that, you know, kind of interests me about cleopatra jones uh first and foremost well well, first and foremost i have to say in in full disclosure i think this is maybe the fourth time i've seen cleopatra jones okay this is the first time i've seen it sober (laughs) wow this is the first time i've seen it sober because you know cleopatra jones is one of those movies like it's, it's one, one of them drunk movies. It, well, it's one of those movies. <laughs> at least party movies. At, le- at least in my experience with black exploitation films, and and you, you know I have this whole theory about during like the blockbuster period, like the video store period, right? And it's one of these films that like me and my roommates or you know my dudes were over, and someone would say, you know, let's order some wings, let's stop at the video store, let's get some beer. And, you know, you watch a couple of movies. Right. Okay. And Cleopatra Jones was always one of those movies because it is just visually exciting and it's vibrant. And, you know, the plot, frankly, is light enough. You can follow it. So I always thought about Cleopatra Jones like that and sort of getting ready for this episode. I was surprised, but then not surprised once I actually watched it by how much criticism people have done about cleopatra jones okay both the movie and the character yes because this is a pretty extraordinary character when you talk about a a few you know first of all there's tamra dobson who just visually 
is amazingly striking. Like, oh yes. like we just like I said, uh, you know, six foot two inches of dynamite because that was the tagline. Like, if you look at the ads, if you, I actually have a Cleopatra Jones poster, and it says on it, you know, six foot six foot two inches of dynamite. So you have this black woman who is very tall yes and this is six foot two herself that's not with help of heels right so so frankly oftentimes in the film she's like six five right towering right you know the funny thing is you you know if you don't know bernie casey used to be a professional football player right so he's not a small dude no and she is like she's taller than him in a lot of the scenes and and a lot more imposing in him because she's not a a tall thin woman right right so just that visually you have this woman and you have this woman who is very much a sexual creature like 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 there are so many reaction shots where oh, where yes. she leaves and the men all make a point of talking about how attractive she is and she is attractive but the fact that that we're actually talking about it I think I mean frankly in 2016 I don't know if a woman who looked like Tar- like we talk about Lupita and how radical it is that that you know people kind of like we're acknowledging her beauty Lupita Nyong'o Lupita Nyong'o and and you have Tamara Dobson that this is happening in 1973 so you have that part of it you have the part that she is the protagonist and and she and and she is the one who actually moves from place to place yes. and and is very physical and you know even her love scenes like like a there aren't a lot of them there's only there's only it's one. only one you, you know and, and it's very chaste and when you, it's very chaste and when you read interviews with Tamara Dobson this was something that she was very purposeful about like she said i didn't want it to be exploitive i didn't want you know to be on display i didn't want to be objectified and yet she is still a sexual creature yeah so she goes for herself um so you have that part of it just tamra dobson as through this 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 almost not even almost this black feminist lens Mm -hmm. the other part and i'm always interested in this in films from this period uh when you when you read or or you see interviews with melvin van peebles and and people talk to melvin van peebles again he was the creator of sweet sweetback's badass song you know sort of the acknowledged beginning of this moment and and you know i've seen you know a bunch of stuff where people talk to him and say what do you think about the films that came after and he always talks about how basically like a lot of radical art the politics were defanged and the films and the art becomes sort of co-opted by the machine if you will and 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 what he usually talks about is that you know the action films in the black exploitation period the protagonists really fall under two columns and you have the one column where it's almost like the outlaw and it's it's like it's a pimp. Like, you know, you think of something like Superfly or or it's something like, you, you know, um, Hitman where, you know, it's an assassin. Yeah. Where, where these people who aren't necessarily working for the community. They're working outside the law. They're working outside the law. But when you look at them, they're not necessarily an asset right. to the community. And then you have what what Melvin Van Peebles has talked about, just the straight 
co-option where you have these figures who are you know, they, they, they sort of have the signifiers of blackness from this period, you know, the afros and the clothes and, and, and the language, but they're actually policemen. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking about like, like the two films based on Chester Holmes novels, uh, you know, you, you know, uh, Shaft to a certain extent, mm-hmm. although I think Shaft is weird cause he's a private detective. Like I actually have a whole deal with Shaft, but we'll do Shaft eventually, of course. So now you have Cleopatra Jones. Yep. And it's written by Max Julian, who if you don't know, you know, he well, you if you know anything about the 70s movie, you would know him from The Mac. That's right. Right, he's the lead character, but he was a writer too. And he wrote this screenplay. Mhm. And he actually wrote it for his girlfriend at the time, Vanetta McGee. Vanetta McGee of the McGee sisters. Yep. Uh, you know, his his her sister Lynette is probably the most famous of the sisters. Uh if you know anything about her, it's probably from Sparkle. Yeah. She plays sister in Sparkle. But Vanetta McGee was also an actress. Uh, the two of them were actually in uh, Bushrod and Thomasina. Great cowboy movie. But Max Julian is a dude who is sort of aware of these things. Yeah. So that at this moment, Max Julian would have been aware of this critique. Yeah, from uh, from from Melvin Van Peebles right. about how you you know Sweet Sweetback is this radical film, mm-hmm. and then the machine kind of takes it and again defangs it and does all this stuff. everything right. e- exactly. And I think what's really interesting about Cleopatra Jones in this conversation is how Max Julian tries to kind of navigate this. Yeah, like like I said, the very first scene. She's a special agent for the president. So, you know, you can't get any more establishment than that. Right. But she's destroying a poppy field that they make clear in the next scene has a direct connection to drug addiction in the capital T, capital C, the community. That's right. You know, they 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 go they make this huge effort. To show how she's connected to the community. Again, her boyfriend, uh, Ruben, runs this halfway house where he helps people get off. And, and I know this is horrible saying get off the smack. Black Dynamite took so much from this. Just sidebar real <laughs> oh, quick. Yeah. Black Di- Byron, um, <laughs> Byron Menz and Michael Jire White took so much of Cleopatra Jones and put it into Black Dynamite. So, you know, he's helping people get off the smack. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, again, as the aforementioned, you know, there are all these reaction shots of people in the community around her and, you know, and this old Cleo and we love Cleo and, you know, it's almost fetishistic, almost how fetishistic, it's a hard word, fetishizing, too fetish, where she's doing these soul grips and, and, you know, and the camera shows the soul grips and is, you know, very right on and it's all to sort of situate her. Yeah. In this place where she's not a policeman, but she's a policeman. Yeah, and 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 knowingly, some of the uh, residents call her out on it. Right, right, right. For, but but then they always get checked. Oh yeah, of course. You know, like the sister called her out in the which again, it's it, again it's so much black dynamite. Where she checks her on it, and then she goes back. You you know, uh, Ruben comes down and says basically you need to know who your friends are and this that and the other right uh you know there's another scene where with 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 snake oh yeah where snake basically says it but that was interesting to me as well and i guess those are the first 
Those like those are things I'd want to kind of get out there quick and then you know kind of go from there. Those are my sort of initial impressions of Cleopatra Jones. It's a it's a weird movie in that it is clearly wanting to be a little bit of everything of that time. The super cool, you know, protagonist, you know, stepping away from what you had seen in the black films popular of that time by giving you a woman Mm -hmm. and giving you a woman who you um, can't help from the first time you see her, but believe that she is capable of all that she is said to be capable of. Right. You know, being this special agent and martial artist, as well as being this woman who, as you said, in the beginning of the movie comes into this poppy field. She comes in. If I remember not actually on a plane, but in a helicopter. Yeah. Oh yeah. And not only that, but she comes in as, you know, she's a special agent to the president, which means that when she's coming to have this poppy field destroyed, she's coming as a special envoy of the United States. So you have all these, you know, um, military and, um, foreign leaders and dignitaries all standing and just waiting for her to come to acknowledge that yes we are, we are here Miss Jones so that we may destroy the poppy field yes. uh, and she can take her place like there's a very cool and actually very beautiful shot of when, when the plane comes because they're dropping a bomb yes. on the on the poppy field they're not just going out there with blow torches and which would have been much easier and much less expensive yeah, yeah. but no we're going to drop a bomb on this poppy field which basically looks like the, somebody's garden but right, nevertheless right right, right. So, th- so they're going to drop this bomb but there's a very nice shot where Cleopatra Jones is up on a ridge with adorned in her cape and she flips her cape back as she watches yes. the, the the explosions and watches the, the 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 light display of the poppy fields going up in smoke and it's it's and it's a, a um and it's not a close up shot you see her in all her regalness mm-hmm. and it is and that scene, that that image locked in my brain the whole time I'm watching this movie because every time you see her walk, she does you you're right, she is a very sexual being. You cannot you can not be taken aback by how um how gorgeous Tamara Dobson is. Mm-hmm. But you also, even more so, even more striking is that you cannot be taken aback that that sexuality that you you speak of, it's on her without without it being like you said uh, over sexualized. She doesn't have like some some funky walk sachet and her booty left left and right. You know what I mean? And and the camera doesn't fixate on any one part of her body mm-hmm. in any type of way. Um, when you say that there are a lot of reaction shots to people you know, responding to, you know, her walking by the camera doesn't, a lot of the time the camera doesn't follow her. Right. Right. What, it sticks with the, it sticks with mm-hmm. them. And, and you're left with just the memory of what just passed them by. And then when the, 
by the time the camera does turn to her, she's far away down the shot. Mm-hmm. So you, so it's not it's it's not even like a a, a three quarter shot. Many times she's already walking down the street. Um, so that's 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 what's what's striking about about her. Um, and she is so striking that you forgive that Tamara Dobson, who was a very popular and what well well renowned model fashion right, right, model right, right. at the time is not known for her acting no and it shows in this movie she's not a good actress she's not at but all. she has presence but she does have presence right which, which you, you one you can't help when you're six foot two and right. you're towering over everybody else in a movie but two you still have to be able to pull it off you, you and need to be able to carry it you need right. to be able to carry carry it when you are strolling in nothing but from one scene to another with these these hats that have brims that go out to the sun yeah and these capes or fur um fur jackets or, or stoles all all around you and as you get into even in 2016 one of the flyest cars i have ever seen it's a bad corvette that is a funky Corvette yes, that that woman mm-hmm. is driving in. I mean, the, that may be the second sexiest thing in this movie. Yeah, that yeah. Corvette is so is so lovely. Did, did you did you notice? Did you notice the roof? The roof had just, to pop up. Oh yeah, when she gets in and out of the car. Yes, because it, it's got to make room. I was like, that is so cool. It's got to make room. Yeah, especially the one scene when she pulls up to her house and she gets out with her black cape with the with the gold trim. Yeah, and the scene is solely just so you can see the full length of the cape. There's no other reason yeah. for that scene yeah. except for you to see the full length of that cape getting out of this black Corvette walking across the yard. That's it. It does. She. I don't even think she goes anyplace. It's just so you can see that cape. The, the wardrobe is is amazing. It is it's on point. Well, her wardrobe her is wardrobe, amazing. Her cause, wardrobe because everybody else is just in the regular world, but she is. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. else is. You know, it's like you know that's right. the, this is what I got at home. Well, know, that'll do. Well, you know, and, and again, it's it's a it's it, you know I guess I shouldn't be that amazed, but you know you think about it, like people have done a lot of writing about Cleopatra Jones and one of the many critiques that I read several times is that you know she's not a secret agent like like everyone listen no. to what we said she's a special a agent, special agent. Yeah. so it's it it's you know it, you kind of fit her into this black exploitation um tradition but in a lot of ways her 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 more apt counterpart would be James Bond. Yes, a lot of people point that out. Yeah, so, you know, whereas James Bond is a secret agent and, and he wears, you know, very sort of classic clothing and, you know, he, he's a white man in these settings, so he's innocuous and can, can kind of fade in and out of it. She stands out and but, that's her thing. But the other thing that they point out is that as much as James Bond is a secret agent, if you'll notice in almost all of his movies, when they ask, who are you? I'm James Bond. Right. And when they ask, who is she? I'm Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra she, Jones. She's not high. You know, she, he is a secret agent in title only. Sure, sure. She's a special agent. She's like, yeah, I'm Cleopatra Jones. Right. You know, my agenda is me. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, she works very much... Uh, of her own agency in this movie. I like the idea that there's not a there's 
there's no nudity no, in this no. movie. And when there is a sex scene, I mean, even though Ruben has gotten shot, so, you know, you got to give him a little credit. She goes to him. Yes. And, you know, not to, you know, I mean, it's 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 not graphic at all, but, but you know, do you notice she mounts him. Well, she doesn't mount him. She lays across him. She lays across him. And, right. you know, you was, I think yeah. it's, it's implied that. Right. But I think all of that is, again, very deliberate. Yes. And and it, it's, it, it is well played that Ruben, they are partners. Like, they're actually partners. See, I don't see them as partners. You, you see him as being. He is, he is her, he is her, her man, her man. Right. All right. He's her Steve Trevor. He's her Steve Trevor. Okay. But her role, because, you know, you know, spoiler alert, she wins. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, and then she goes off to continue her war on drugs. Yes. You know, she understands what the movie, you know, kind of puts out there without hitting it over the head is that yeah you can fight the 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 drug war at home but really the war is out there right is is in getting the drug it's stopping the stem of drugs coming into your neighborhood right and that's what her actual fight is that's why she does that's why she was in turkey in the beginning right that's why she has to be pulled back home so that the villain mommy who we'll get to yeah uh, has to you know because this time it's personal yeah, yeah, uh, and that's why she does leave at the end to continue that war. You know what I mean? But I don't see him as her partner. I see him as you know when I come home, yeah, you, 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 that's 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 my jump off. He, okay. he handling my business while I'm here, right? But right. I, I'm really a, I got to go take care of that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And um, I was trying to be nice to Bernie Casey. Be nice to Bernie Casey, but but that's real. But that's real because in every other movie. It would have been flipped, right? That certainly would have been flipped in Shaft, right? You right, know what right. I mean? Which knowingly is by like a lot of the uh, same makers. I think it was Warner Brothers too, wasn't Shaft? Warner I thought. I, th- I think Shaft is United Artists. Oh, you may be right. You may yeah. be right. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I'm thinking of Mac, the Mac ones, because mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, but the 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 one part about this movie that that uh, as much as I was I kind of connected to it through her. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a another part of it, uh, like was just taking me out of the movie, and that was they knowingly they they um, unapologetically throw in a lot of comedy into this movie. It it's a weird the tone is yeah, weird. It's weird because the the comedy comes in, and the comedy is very it's it's very forced mm-hmm. and 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 not funny. Right, right. I agree. I, I agree. All. And also, unfortunately, it's the majority of the film because I think that Shelley Winters is definitely playing it over the top. Yeah. You know, she, she you know, she's taking a paycheck. She, she's having fun. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, she's playing over the top with some very mixed messages in the role of mommy who seems to be belittling to all. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jacquees Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. 
they continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. All of her all of her guys that are, are that are under her yet seems to be kind of playfully coming on or yeah. well, well, it's, of, it's very much a lesbian stereotype yeah. but i, I mean yeah. you know you, with her relationship with some of the the, the young young bunnies yeah of, or better words she has hanging around her um but she but that's definitely played for more of a comedic yeah effect uh antonio vargas as doodlebug and his two Two henchmen, uh, Pickles and um, I forget the other guy's name. Who? But the other guy was Big Percy from Uptown on Saturday Night. I don't know if you recognize him. He just dawned on you. Didn't Big, well, I'm so busy concentrating on Sweet Daddy. Well, true. Yeah, yeah his Sweet other, Daddy. His other Pickles. Yeah, his other. Pickles. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, but that the, was Big Percy. Yeah, Big Percy. I didn't recognize him without the hat. Without the hat or the mustache. Yeah, you know, with the mustache. Um, but. Th- th- they're they're definitely played for comedy. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. So you're already talking about two of the three linchpins of this movie played for a very forced, over the top comedic vibe upon this whole uh, secret agent, you know, tale of Cleopatra herself, on top of. Um, uh, police corruption tale about right, how the, right. the police are corrupted, you know, corrupt against the man, and they want to take down the man, and this whole social issue about how the the, the police are breaking up this this halfway house, and it it creates a very disjointed film where I know what they're going for, mm-hmm. but it's just not one hundred percent landing with me. Yeah, yeah. You know and I mean? and just to add to that, I, I think that kind of tone, that kind of light, that lightly comedic tone that is throughout the film, it's very jarring. When it yeah. When it goes like there's a scene where 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 Doodlebug gets murdered. Right. Doodlebug and his henchmen. And it is it is graphic. Like it's actually graphic the way they, they, they smash the car and, and they show the bodies you know around. flailing around and it's all bloody and and it like i like just today when i watched it i said whoa because it is this there's this this comedic breeziness to it yeah where there 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 isn't a lot of death and there isn't so that when you do have these moments it is jarring and and i agree with you you can almost feel a tug of war within the script yeah about what they want because even as they are juggling around in their car from the collision and it is kind of graphic there was a part of me that was still kind of finding a comedy in it Mm -hmm. because it is still antonio vargas in the back just you know with all legs and limbs just flailing all around and then he he gets out the car and he's still kind of like got his you know his scarface moment where he's still shooting even though he's like banged up internally and everything and getting shot yeah so it's still in his all white so that that 
that there's still a comedy in it that's it is keeping me from really being invested in what is happening in that moment um on top of that i, I think you said there's not a whole lot of depth there's a because there is a lot of death in here because um Cleopatra Jones, she ain't got no time for questions. No, it, 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 I already had the answers, right. so I ain't got to ask you no questions. Right. Buck Bucker, <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? She buck bucks everybody. I man. mean, you know, it's nineteen seventy three, and she's a special agent to the president, <laughs> and she got a and she got unload she got unlimited clips. That's and and kung fu. Cleopatra Jones can kill a dude at the airport, and people run up to her. She just pulls out her little ID. It's sitting on a carousel, yeah, yeah, and and then and just and just stroll off, yeah. Grab her bag and and deuce pieces yeah. out, man. Yeah, with dude with a dead body spinning on dead, the carousel. Dead, hey, ain't no forms to fill out. And, well, again, she comes back from Turkey because this actual poppy field, this particular poppy field, yes, is connected to Los Angeles. This one. Poppy field in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, this put it this put it out. It's in the middle of what doesn't look like you could grow sand. Well, you but know. <laughs> apparently they make it. They make it happen <laughs> in Cleopatra Jones, Turkey. <laughs> I, I don't claim to know the ins and outs of growing poppy fields in the Middle East. Uh, you know. Oh, I guess Turkey is Turkey the Middle East because that's Europe. Turkey's still in Europe. Yes. Well, in, I'll just say in Turkey. In Turkey. In Turkey. We know it's in Turkey. We know it's in Turkey. That's all. That's so all we need to go. know. That's all we need to know. Right. Um, yeah, but but mommy, I I think mommy is, you know, talk, talking about tonal things. Yeah. Like I would I would be willing to give mommy a pass with you know as I said it's, it's very much like an old lesbian stereotype because she is like a, just a big kind of you know quote unquote dikey and over yeah, the top loud loud and I would be willing to give it a pass completely if the the sort of positioning of Cleopatra Jones wasn't so sophisticated yes along these lines because again you get the feeling and and and, and you know but don't they want you to draw that contrast well, between the two? Right, right, right. And so, and you know, so it's still 1973, right? And you're sort of dealing with that. Um, do you see Brenda Sykes? This is also one of those films with a bunch of players from the 70s that kind of show up in these 70s movies as Doodlebug's girlfriend. Uh, oh yes, pl- played yes, by yes. great working actress in the 70s, Brenda Sykes. Yes. She, she was in Drum and she was in Mandingo. And married to Gil Scott Heron. Oh, that's true. She was married Very to Gil true. Scott Heron. So you have all of these. Um, Did you see Don Cornelius? Don Cornelius and let me see because and Frankie Crocker. Frankie Crocker. Don Cornelius and Frankie Crocker playing themselves. Playing playing themselves, of course, at a Doodlebugs club. Yes. So you know, once again, you 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 have this, this very much this this sort of black exploitation set in 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 setting and feeling and you you know because if if you watch any of these films there are certain elements that tend to repeat oh, and yeah. and you know something like the club scene you know it's always a club scene and you know the music uh by JJ Johnson I actually wasn't familiar with the soundtrack and and Millie Jackson great Millie Jackson in um the, the soundtrack leaves little to be desired 
It does. It yeah. does, but it, it it sounds like a 70s soundtrack, I guess. It does. But again, like the comedy and like the movie, I think it's trying too hard. Like that whole opening scene, the music over that, I know they want that to be their shaft moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, oh, it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't land. Right. It doesn't land. Well, you know, I I think this, this period, and, and you know, I have to say, you know, we talked about we were going to do Cleopatra Jones, and if you listen to us weekly you know that 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 you know friend to the show professor andre carrington this was his choice yes and he couldn't be with us this evening but he's going to come at a later date and and you know hopefully talk about the sequel yes cleopatra jones and the casino of gold but this is important because i didn't say let's do cleopatra jones because because <laughs> I, I i have to say i have to applaud myself lynn and my self-restraint i could do 70s movies every week i know like that. i could do these movies every, every week. week i know because i love them and and more than the movies themselves i love how these movies kind of speak to each other like i just found out like i always thought that part of cleopatra jones the unspoken part of cleopatra jones is that we are not one of the Pam Greer characters. Mm-hmm. So when you you look at a Pam Greer movie, you know, a Coffee, a Friday Foster, Foxy Brown. That's the other. Uh, you, you know, you, you have these films, Sheba Baby, where where Pam Greer plays these characters, but but you know, Pam Greer's characters are are sexualized to the point of being objectified. Very much. And I always sort of thought that Cleopatra Jones was almost a reaction to this but it's when you look at the the history this predates it most of those pam greer movies come after cleopatra jones i think i think all of them don't they well this is 73 uh coffee comes out in 73 too but i think this came out before. i, I was about to say maybe this came out before but yeah. so yeah I, I, yeah i think you can say all of them which i don't know what that means then well see this is what i think that means i think that she Cleopatra Jones is the is trying to be an answer to all those other black exploitation films that were out there at that time. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the shafts, the 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 superflies, the Mac, and and all of them. Uh, but trying to present in in that world as positive an image of a black woman. As they could, right, and particularly a woman, like like right. you're saying, particularly right, okay. a woman, mm-hmm. right. So trying to, but but trying to make her, you know, totally invested in that world, so you could believe that she could still walk the same streets as Superfly and Shaft, mm-hmm. but she is she's of a higher mindset. She's a she's higher minded. You know what I mean? She is. Yeah, I want to take care of the streets, but I understand I see the bigger issue. Right, and right. I got to take care of that out there. And dare I say the bigger picture. The bigger like picture, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Then, in response to her, I could see there being a subset saying, like, uh, especially the, the, the um, some of the, uh, the, the makers of those films who were going as, um, as Mary Vaughn. And people said farther and further away from the the his 
message, his original message, they're going far and far afield of them. I can see them saying, well, you know what? We can do that Cleopatra stuff too. But, but you know, we'll give people really what they want because at the, at the end of the day, people really want to see, you know, a sister really get down and right. get down in the street. You right. know what I mean? And then and take her shirt off. And take her shirt off. Because then that whole patriarchy comes into play. Okay. And, and, as, and as much as Pam Greer became a star of that time and became a star of those movies, I don't know whether or not she was as invested in them on the production side as Tamara Dobson was. Sure. Sure they picked Tamara Dobson out of seemingly obscurity because she wasn't an actress. Right. But she was a woman that had her own career. Yeah. That was yeah. fine with her career. She was and 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 trying to blaze as many trails through through her career as she was. So when they come to her to be Cleopatra Jones, she's coming to the coming into that with a little bit of a resume of her own and some agency of her own and some power to be like, okay, we're going to do this, but let's rock it this way. Right. Well, you, and, and you see, she, she basically walks away. Like you look at her filmography and you have the sequel to this and then, you know, I think she's in like one more film. She's, she's a, she does a, 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 a few a, more like films, here not and there. a lot. Not a, not I actually a interviewed her once really in the late nineties. She was doing, cause you know, Baltimore native, uh, she was she was in a play in like the late nineties. Okay, and and I met her. And Tamara Dobson was exactly like you'd imagine Tamara Dobson, even in the late nineties. Like you know, very regal, yeah, very elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't necessarily want to talk. Okay, a whole lot about Cleopatra Jones. Like like you know, I was a young boy, so I was just all geeked to yeah. to. But you know, I, I like I said, she was doing a play, so I was interviewing her for about the play for for uh, the city paper in Baltimore and and we talked about that but but I think I say all that to say I agree with you based on the half hour or so that I spent with her because that elegance that regalness that you know take no shitness yeah that you get from Cleopatra Jones the character I think was very much Tamara Dotson yeah and and I, I I again I agree with you. I suspect that that is part of the reason that you got these Cleopatra Jones movies with her as the lead and and as a sort of iconic character. But that's it, right? And and you know certainly and and also probably the reason why by the time even it's only two years later that you have the sequel Cleopatra Jones and the Casino of Gold. That isn't as well received by the public no. because by then, one, the Black Station era is starting to peter out. Yeah, and yeah. Two, everybody's on Pam Greer's top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By seventy five, yeah, yeah, by seventy five, it's it's all Pam Greer all the time. And uh, you know, Max Julian left the production. Mm-hmm. Like I, I suspect that's a real. You know, all those stories are and like like if you ever, if you ever get a chance to, like hear these people talk like you know we've talked about Michael Schultz previously yeah um like that's a really good story too and and you know just the behind the scenes oh yeah man. and the power struggles and you know just go back a couple of minutes like i was like when you said shaft and, and what what studio was that and i said oh i'm pretty sure that was united artists and the reason i knew that is because uh well let's make sure it was at united artists i'm pretty sure shaft was on united artists because you know the story i've always heard 
was that Shaft saved the studio. Really? You know, all of these studios were going to. Oh, no, not. No, it wasn't. It was MGM. 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 Yeah, and yeah, it. I could definitely see it saving MGM because in the 70s, MGM yeah. was hurting. But they said all of these um, studios, yeah. these black exploitation films saved them. Right. And, and, you know, I think when you get the politics of it, like Mary Van Peebles talked about, and, and the money part of it, and, and, and sort of the, um, the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Where we actually need you right now, like like we said, Shelley Winters is in this movie, and at this point, Shelley Winters is already Shelley Winters. Yes, Academy Award winner. But there are a lot of these films where these you know quote unquote serious actors make appearances, and part of it is you know people needed a job, and and this was. This was that period where the studios needed these films. And, and, you know, we talked about it petering out in 75. But again, as we've as we say, every time the uh, black exploitation period comes up, we are now moving into the Spielberg. The you, you know, you, you're headed right to Star Wars and Jaws and Jaws. More, and that's more importantly, Jaws. And that's when things kind of turn the corner yeah. and the studios don't need these black movies anymore. That's right. But um, it, it seems like a film that could be remade. Like it seems like a like a film that with with a little tweaking, this is a character that could be transported to modern times and do modern things. In comparison to a lot of the Pam Greer films, True. don't age as well. No, they do not. You you know to the point where like. I actually feel a little icky watching like uh, um, and they all blend together in my head sometimes like coffee yeah. like coffee is a little troublesome and I think Foxy Brown is a little Friday Foster is cool but but you know Foxy it, and coffee but but they really are you can tell that they're just sort of working the script to get to the point where they can pull Pan Greer's top off right and you know it's 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 a sign of the times. Amen. It's a sign of the times. I could see them um, reworking this. Uh, I could see if they were really smart about it, even keeping it set in the seventies, mm-hmm. doing a Cleopatra Jones series. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's the problem, and and that is actually one of my triggers. I didn't mean to trigger you. It's it's all right. People refuse to make period pieces. Well, to be fair, it's very difficult to find a period piece set in the 70s across the board that's played seriously. Like just it's set in the 70s. Like we made it now. It's set in the 70s. We're going to play it straight. Like it's difficult to find those projects just across the board. It's damn near impossible, and I can't think of an example of a period piece set during the 70s. You're talking about a movie. A movie, a series, or whatever. Like, you know, I think we mentioned it the, the first show. I'm, I'm, we're looking forward to the uh, to the show coming on Netflix that's set in the late oh. 70s and the early, in the early 80s. Yes, whose name is I'm drawing a blank on right now. But because of the way popular culture has sort of um, approached black art in the 70s. 
I would not hold my breath for Cleopatra Jones series or film film remake set in the 70s that's played straight. I would love it. But you know, I also think like Shaft should be a series. Like like I've been saying that since mm, No. Dog, Shaft is a private They detective. tried that on us. That was a series. Remember it was I mean back in the 70s. No, back in the 70s. I mean like now. Like now, like an HBO no, 70s series. Well, 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 first of all, HBO does have a period piece right now. Uh, the vinyl, which talks about the music business back in yes, the 70s. Yes. Um, the Netflix TV series we were talking about, this, I think it's supposed to debut in the fall, is The Get Down. The Get Down. Looking which forward to that. Like, Fingers crossed. Yeah. And I think that's late 70s, early 80s. But but I agree with you. I just don't But, hold, but hold I can breath. see, like, like Shaft, I wouldn't want to see Shaft done because... One because I would just I would want to see Cleopatra Jones. I think that as yes, there's there's stories to mine from a black man, a black you know undercover agent in 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 the seventies. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a whole much more richer wealth of stories to be mined from a black woman special agent back in the seventies, single. Working of her own agency. Yes, I think yeah. that's. I think there's a much is. more richer. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I would love for it to be a movie series as well, but being realistic, like a television series, would be dope. Would be yeah. would be dope, and probably get be able to mine those stories a little bit more for for uh, all right. Make it more richer. Are you reading the David Walker Shaft comic series? I. Every time I go to, because I only buy the trades, it's sold out. Every time I go to my albums, it's sold out. It is so I know. good. Uh, Have you heard? Yeah. Well, Randy swears by it. It it it's a, like that's how come I was thinking of it actually. So I wanted to shout out David Walker, who's writing the Shaft comic book series. Yeah, it is a revelation. Yeah, I've it heard really it's is. Really, all that great. Yeah, it really so is great. But uh, yeah. So maybe Cleopatra Jones could. Somebody should do a Cleopatra Jones comic book. Cleopatra Jones comic series would be fantastic. The closest they have to a Cleopatra Jones comic book series is an old series. It's from the eighties, late eighties. Um, set in the future. To me, it's kind of Cleopatra Jones esque. Would be Martha Washington. Martha by Washington. Frank Miller and Dave Gibbons. It's a good series. I, I, it, since since we're doing comic book stuff, can I tell you a secret? Yes. I like Martha Washington better than Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two different writers because the Watchman is Alan Moore. Right, right, right. I like Martha Wash. Well, same artist. I like Martha Washington better than The Dark Knight and Sin City. Well, I do that. I do like it better than Sin City. I've I, you know, now we're on a Frank Me, Miller. Right, right, and now we're comics. So we're gonna we're gonna get back to movies in we'll a minute. Get back to movies in a minute. Uh, 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 I like the idea of Sin City. But Sin City, they don't reread well at all. No, at all. Uh, and the st- the style of it, like the, the yeah the, yeah yeah, the, the stylishness of his artwork in that is is cool. But other than that, there's really not too much to Sin City. Uh, Martha Washington is maybe one of my favorite it's, comics of it, all time. It, it is yeah. her whole saga. It is yeah, uh, criminally slept on. Criminally slept on. That it. it, it can you imagine if? Uh, they, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's 
you know, tons of things out there uh, ready for that adaptation. The the works of Octavia Butler, the works of uh, Tanana Reeve do. But if you can imagine that uh, you want to do Martha Washington adapted into a live action movie. It, it it would be amazing. Or not even live action. I still I still say that if you truly want to get the essence of a great comic book movie uh, into a feature film, the technology is out there now to bring that comic book to life in computer animation. Mm. And a computer animated because now they've got it so that you're you're they can do humans because sure. before you can only do the animals. You could do humans and they can still look kind of cartoony, but you can still right. take them dead serious. You know what I mean? I would love, I would love for Martha Washington to be live action. I would love it, but I would also like kill for a Martha Washington animated movie. I would kill for anything. Martha Washington. The problem is that we live in the United States, which is not Europe or Japan where that is big. Oh. And, and we still think cartoons are just for children. Marvel Comics, billion dollar industry. You make an Iron Man comic, a Iron Man cartoon, nobody's going to take it seriously. Yeah, well, DC, they, they can only do animation, right? Oh, shots fired. All right. <laughs> so, would you recommend Cleopatra Jones? It's a very mixed bag. It is a very, very mixed bag. But I would recommend Cleopatra Jones if for no other reason than to... Um, to Take in, take in the majesty of Tamara Dobson, the woman who should be Storm. Mm. There, I said it. I, I, I mean, that would have been great. Oh my god! Yeah, I would. I would also recommend Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra Jones would actually be in my black exploitation starter pack. Really? Yeah. Like, like if I had like you know like five or six movies, like someone said, let's do five. 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 Top this of my a, head. So this is your starter pack. This my is starter pack. pack. Starter pack. Sweet, sweet back. Shaft. You going Mac or Superfly? I'm going to go to Mac. Because I think once you have sweet, sweet back and shaft. You've got Superfly. You, well, well, you've got the sort of... um. You, you've got the best that the period offers. Like I really do think during this period, like like the films that sort of transcended, it, it really was. Like I think Sweet Sweet Back is is just is to the, it's actually a radical film. I think Shaft, everything works. Like everything is there: the cinematography, the direction, the acting, the story. Like Shaft is is kind of like the platonic ideal of this film, this mm-hmm. kind of film. So I think if you have those two, you don't need Superfly. Okay. The Mac. Um, I'm going through an Uptown Saturday Night just because I think you need a comedy in there. I can, yeah, I can see people switching out Uptown Saturday Night for like your film, Which Way Is Up. Okay. Like And, and Cleopatra Jones because I do think you need that female energy and then cleopatra jones you could talk about so so yeah that if i had to do five those are my five like your starter pack your black exploitation starter pack see i think shaft has to be in there but i actually uh enjoy uh sweetback and mac 
more than Shaft. I actually don't think Shaft is. We'll talk about Shaft. I, okay. <laughs> uh, right. But but Shaft has to be in there because because it it is iconic. Mm-hmm. And if for nothing if for nothing else, just the opening shot, your introduction to Shaft, you have to have it. It is one of the greatest uh, scenes in movies. Um, so I would go. I would go with those three. Um, <laughs> it's totally, totally stupid. But I would go Blackula because, oh, okay. because, you, because why not? <laughs> you know, it's a show surprisingly how, good movie. Just though. show how far afield it could go. Yeah, it, it's 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 an okay movie. It's a crazy movie. Yeah. Um. So I would go Blackula. And um, I would go. I would go Cleopatra Jones. I, I I find it hard to believe that that I would say that, but I would go Cleopatra Jones. And then, as much as I I I do love Uptown Saturday Night, and I do love Which Way Is Up, mm-hmm. I would go. Let's do it again. Let's do it again over Uptown Saturday Night. I would go. Interesting, just, because I think let's do it again. I just. I I laugh I laugh out loud on both of them, but I I for some some reason let's do it again. I don't know because then you got Jimmy Walker. No, no, no. You know, hey, man, I'm on record. My uh my 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 good friend and of course friend to the show because he's my good friend. Uh, Clifton Durant. We were talking about films and he said, you know, I want to maybe do something and 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 he wants to do like a twofer. Oh, everybody wants to twofer. Yeah, everybody wants to twofer. Everybody wants to do a series, but he wants to do the other two. So let's do it, it again, and, and, then, and um, um, piece a piece of the action, a piece of the action. Ugh. So, so, so I, I mean, big, big. I mean, you know. Well, we could do that, and hey, if we can do, we're doing uh, Thomasina, Thomasina of music thoughts and um, music, movies and thoughts mm-hmm. uh, is going in August. We're going to be doing uh, both sparkles. In one episode, though. In one episode. Yeah, I'm not doing both of those in one episode. Like, I need a whole episode Before for let's each. Let's do it again. And, and yeah, and, we don't have to do them back to back. But okay. yeah. All right. Yeah, we're not going to shortchange any of the trilogy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, true. Because Piece of the Action, believe it or not, it it, it deserves its own episode. Absolutely. For totally different reasons. Absolutely. It, does, it deserves its own episode. Um, but I think yeah, people should see this. People should see Cleopatra Jones. Like I think there, there you go. I think we both agree. Cleopatra Jones is an important film from this period, right? So, but even outside of of the context, I, it it's 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 an interesting film. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's I, I not. Won't a, say, I won't say interesting. It's not it's, a perfect film, but it's 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 cool. You know, you could argue it's not a good film. Yeah, yeah, you can argue that. But it's but it's an interesting um, its place in history is uh, set mm-hmm. and deserved, and for that you you should see this film. All right, there you, should you see go. This film. And um, and uh, uh, remember Tamara Dobson in all her glory. Yeah, uh, rest in peace. Right, rest in peace. Uh, next week, next week is my pick. Yes, we're jumping ahead uh, about a good ten years. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some hip hop, and I'm putting this out there. If there are hip hop heads out there, if there's a hip hop head in a Philly, or if you're coming to Philly or whatever, you think you can get here for next week's show? 
and you can watch this because this show, this movie is available on Netflix, then, you know, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or on email at michellemission at gmail.com. Next week is Wild Style. Gonna do Wild Style. Yeah. Interesting. Gonna do Wild Style. So, so, so you don't want to save Wild Style for an anniversary or something. You, you're gonna go. We're gonna go. All right. We're gonna go. We're gonna Very go. nice. And then in June, we're gonna do all the movies of yeah. Prince. This is our first. Oh, no. Well, this is our first early hip hop film. Yeah. Like, you know, we did straight out of Compton, but yeah. All right. Oh, there was another story I wanted to touch on real quick, real, real quick before okay. we get out of here. I knew there was something else I wanted to touch on. That's, uh, somebody hit, hit us up on uh, Twitter and let me know uh, in response to our review of Straight Out of Compton. Um, I'm slightly cray <laughs> at, at uh, your boy Glory on Twitter. Said, yo, uh, looks like someone else is going to flesh out the NWA story a little bit more. Okay. Apparently, Lifetime is going to be doing the Michelle story. There you go. Uh, with Ryan Nicole Brown to star, uh, Dr. Dr. Dre will be portrayed by uh, Curtis Hamilton. Okay. And R. Marcus Taylor who played Suge Knight in Straight Outta Compton, is reprising his role of Suge Knight for this Lifetime movie. Interesting. So who, he, who's directing, and, and more importantly, who's who's producing? Uh, this is going to be is being produced by Sony Pictures and Think Factory Media. Wow, it doesn't mention the director. The film details the life of Michelle A, who was discovered at a young age by NWA's Easy e and became a platinum artist on Rufalitz Records. She was Dr. Dre's girlfriend for more than a decade and then later married Suge Knight. I didn't know that. Yeah, yes, you did. You did know that because I think that was the impetus for for for. Uh, Oh yeah, for for something that that happened. Yeah, between... uh, she was there for NWA's wild ride with all its dramatic ups and downs. Finally, after years of silence, she is ready to reveal her side of the story. Um, Ryan Nicole Brown, famously of Lincoln Heights, uh, the TV show Lincoln Heights, will portray Michelle A with Curtis Hamilton. Uh, starring as Dr. Dre, this continues Lifetime's recent run of biopics about female 90s R&B singers such as Whitney Houston and Aaliyah. Which, which we talked about. And uh, the, the Tony Braxton movie Unbreak My Heart. I don't think, I don't know if that was Lifetime. I don't care. I just wanted to say the Tony Braxton movie Unbreak My Heart because I can't believe we live in a time that they made a Tony Braxton movie Unbreak My Heart colon the Tony Braxton story. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing though. Tony Braxton, the story of Tony Braxton's career arguably is worthy of uh oh. of a movie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm it's just... just not worthy of that piece of crap. <laughs> right. But it arguably is worthy of, of a movie considering, you know, she had to fight uh, Hey, the LaFace stuff. The face that nineties LaFace stuff. Uh bankruptcy. Yeah. And then, you know, fighting th- with yeah. her with her illness. Yeah. Uh, she has uh, lupus, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so so it it's a story worth telling. No, no, it's I, just I, that was really I, I joke, I joke, but you are right. You are you are right. It, it actually when we think about it, her story, Whitney Houston's stories, Aaliyah's story, they're all stories worth telling. Yeah. It's just that are they being told were they being told well? well you know, None of them were. Oh, well, you know, we keep putting them on lifetime and stuff. Yeah. I mean, was of course the, I'm a hypocrite because every time that TLC movie comes on, I watch it. 
Oh my God! Um, Has there been a good? Is Ray the last good black biopic? On on the big screen, you mean? What period? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed um get on up. Okay, yeah. I enjoyed get on up was much more than that was just a couple of years ago because because yeah, our because our man was in it. Yeah, Don Cheadle. No. Oh no, James. Oh, uh, 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 uh Chad. Uh, Chad with Bozeman. Chad, Chad with Bozeman. Oh, you know what I'm thinking. Our I'm new thinking, king. I'm thinking about talk to me. Um, with uh, I'm thinking of talk to me with Don Cheadle. Right, right, right. Um, get on up the James Brown story. Yeah. That was up and down, but yeah, that that was that wasn't bad. Yeah. That was that wasn't bad. I didn't like I didn't like uh, I didn't like 42. I didn't see 42. I didn't I didn't like that one. I thought that was too a little bit too saccharine. Um, I understood what it was going for. It, is there is there a part where he? Jumped out of nowhere on Bucky's ass and, and whooped his ass. <laughs> no, and like Captain America put his shield up and then he tried to push. It. Was is that in? No, that's not it. And then like one of the door, Maje said, "Move or be moved." What was that? Was no, that, that wasn't in forty two. That wasn't in forty two. Yeah, wasn't in forty two. Because because when I think of get on up now, that's what I think of. And, and, and move or be moved. That wasn't forty two. That that wasn't forty two. Uh, we also did hear from um, we did hear from another person on uh, Twitter and said that they don't like your new send sound, uh, send off on the show. They want you to go back to Lubba Dub Dub. Yeah, see, no, the fix is in. I don't believe that. That's one of your people. Go ahead, let's wrap it up. Anything else? Anything else, Lynn? Anything else? Uh-huh. Okay, All right. we gotta get out of here. Um, this, uh, thank you. You'll find. Um, uh, check us out please subscribe to us on itunes and soundcloud if you subscribe on itunes if, if you would be so kind um if you want to help us out in any type of way on the show just leave us a rating and or a comment on itunes because that helps other people find our show that's the biggest thing that anyone can actually do to help us um spread the word and spread the, the mission of the michelle mission uh, which is available on michellemission.com as well as on the black triples podcast network for Vince, this is Len. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.